Hello and welcome. I'm Sean. And I'm Kat. And this is another episode of Been There, Seen That. Welcome back to our 34th episode. Today we're covering the scariest movie of all time, E.T. Why do you think this movie's scary? Okay, um, when I was a kid, I had like nightmares about this movie. And I don't know, because I know you love this movie and it's like very heartfelt and <laughs> whatnot. But I have like legit nightmares about E.T. And during my like rewatch, I mean, okay, so when we were like going through this season I actually proposed this because I wanted to like rewatch this film and I wanted to kind of like redeem E.T. in my eyes but it is just as horrifying as I remember it as a child are you kidding me I sobbed the entire (laughs) way through my watch through and I watched this movie like frequently no out of like joy and happiness I had like the biggest grin on my face (laughs) joy and happiness I hate this movie I, I passionately hate this movie I like when I was a kid We had the E.T. VHS, and I hid it. Like, every time I would see it, I would hide it again. Oh, my God. Like, I didn't even want to look at it. Yeah, it's terrifying. I mean, you've been on (laughs) the E.T. ride at Universal with me. I screamed the whole time. It's my favorite ride in the park. Oh, my God. So that's my initial thoughts on E.T. Well, I think today is going to be a very interesting episode, then. It should be interesting. I guess let's just get into it. Uh, Before we start, I'm going to give you your spoiler warning here. We are going into E.T. in great detail today. So if you have not seen that and don't want that ruined for you, we suggest you pause here and watch that and then come back at a later date. Let's get into it. One of the things I want to point out is that this is another Steven Spielberg film that we're covering in this series. And it does borrow what we've seen with the opening of not revealing too much. We open mm-hmm. and it's the sequence of E.T. being left behind on Earth. And he's in this forest and his spaceship takes off after you see him coming down. Then the government arrives and is chasing him through the woods. But we never really get a glance at him in this sequence. And it's very similar to Jaws and Jurassic Park in the less is more aspect. And maybe that's why yeah, you're terrifying. thinking it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they show his, like, walk, and he's, like, spooking around in the bushes, like, (laughs) waddling, and he's making these, like, I have it, I've literally written in my notes, I hate that you can hear him breathing because he's, like, gasping for air and waddling around like this little monster, and then he starts glowing in the bushes, please. I felt so bad. He's scared. He's lost. He saw his nightmares. He saw his people leaving him. It's so sad. His little scream terrified me. Oh my God. And he sounds like a little pug. Like that's what he like grunts like a pug. He's an extraterrestrial. I don't know what you're expecting of him. I don't know, man. (laughs) This like whole opening sequence, like even the music was scary. Like I I have on here, it opens with like horror music and then. Oh my god. The score for this movie is iconic. I think you're so cruel. I listen, I have like trauma from this movie. And the thing is, you're not alone. I know other people that are scared of this movie. My sister is scared of this movie. Okay, you could have told me that. You have me feeling like I'm out here by myself thinking this is like the scariest movie ever. I just don't think it needs to be. It's not a scary movie. It's so sad, but it has like a nostalgic feeling with it. It makes me so happy watching it. 
I will tell you one thing. I can smell the E.T. ride throughout the entire watch of this movie. If you've been on that ride, you know exactly what it smells like. It's something between like chlorine and beach water. It's like mildew. Yeah. (laughs) So after E.T. is left behind, we cut to a suburban house and it's a group of boys sitting around a table and we're introduced to Elliot who is the younger brother to Mike and the older brother to Gertie. They're three kids and they're gathered around a table with Mike's friends and Elliot kind of is being pushed to the side by them. He doesn't really feel seen. He has the middle child syndrome, I think. Yeah, he definitely does. I think what's really interesting about this, and I think I've like mentioned this before. I had a friend once who categorized the quote-unquote kids on bikes movie which would be like i guess like a really good example would be stranger things or it the most recent one um, super eight super eight yeah kids on bikes movies and in this this like first scene of the boys i feel like if mike and his friends were to find et we would have gotten a kids on bikes movie but instead it's elliot I don't think we would have gotten a kids on bikes movies at all. I think Mike's friends would have been cruel to it. They're very cruel to Elliot in this. The bond that Elliot has with E.T., I think, is because they're both outcasts. Yeah, but like, okay, thought experiment. If I mean, because they all do help him at the end. So like, you don't think that if they were to, if Mike were to find E.T., it would have been some like taken a twist or a plot turn at some point and become a kids on bikes movie where they're all like, as a team helping E.T. Well, let's cut forward a little bit into this scene when Elliot discovers E.T. in the backyard because Mike and his friends have him go wait for the pizza. He comes running back in terrified and Mike and his friends instantly grab knives from the kitchen like they're ready to kill it. I really don't think it would be a Kids on Bikes movie. Interesting. Okay, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. But going back to that scene a little bit, you get that really... This is the shots in this movie are really beautiful Um, when he's slowly walking towards like this really foggy forest. And there's this really, really gorgeous shot of the moon coming through the thick fog. And ah, it's like such a spooky vibe. And we also practice the less is more again with our first reveal of E.T. It's just Mm -hmm. a very quick glance when Elliot shines his flashlight on him, which I guess as a child would probably scare you. It scared me. And (laughs) so when they all go inside again, because Mike, like you had said previous, Mike and all his friends come outside, you can hear E.T.'s like raspy voice, like breathing. And then you get that. This is literally like straight out of a horror movie. His like his his bony little fingers grabbing the door frame like slowly like their little alien fingers the beginning I, of this movie when demented. they use <laughs> when they use the less is more technique i think that's when it becomes kind of a suspenseful movie but i don't understand yeah. why you're terrified after the nice scene that we're about to have I know it's like I think I think the like whole setup for E.T. really borrows from horror in a weird way and like you said a lot of it does have to do with that like less is more but showing like his his hands grabbing the door frame that's very horror genre. I think it's Steven Spielberg just having his little signature E.T. is Steven Spielberg's movie it's his like love child. I thought you were gonna say E.T. is Steven Spielberg and I was like Sean (laughs) you can't say that about people. One thing I think is really interesting about this movie in general is that the use of flashlights and the way that they shine light on certain things and in certain things is really important. And a lot, I mean, a lot of this film does take place in a forest and like in thick fog. So those flashlights really have that extra emphasis of being, I don't know, just like an object of importance. 
I mean, we first see it in the opening scene. So mm-hmm. when E.T.'s being chased in the woods, you see the flashlights and you hear the keys jingling and all the flashlights are running around. But E.T. is kind of just this figure running through the woods at this point. So later when Elliot's using a flashlight to discover E.T., I think that's part of the reason why you get such a terrified reaction from E.T. in those corn stalks. Interesting, because he associates the flashlights with the government people? Yes, that's my theory at least. Oh, okay. Later that night when we come back into the house, we're introduced to the rest of the family, and that's where we have Gertie, who's the very young Drew Barrymore in this movie, and the mother, Dee Wallace. And I feel like the mom has a very interesting relationship with all of her kids because she's very motherly, but she's also kind of very immature. Okay, so... This movie, in a weird way, stick with me, gives like John Hughes vibes just because the adults are kind of seen as not as smart as the kids. And the mom is the first adult face that you actually see. And she's the only adult face that you see pretty much throughout the movie until the very end. I think that's partly just because they try to resonate the movie with kids because Mm -hmm. I think the movie is tailored towards a family audience. So they want the kids to feel relaxed around E.T. And that's why the kids are cool with E.T. and the parents are scary because seeing that as a child, I think it makes you want to root for the kids instead. And you see a bit more of yourself, which causes you to love the movie more. Right. um, One of the things that Spielberg said is that when they were shooting the film, they really wanted all of the shots to be at kid eye level, which also happened to be E.T.'s eye level. So that's why those shots are lowered, because you're getting their perspective of the world. I just think it's interesting that she's the only face that they cho- they choose to show up until the end. I mean, even we get that scene with the teacher and the teacher's face is never seen. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Interesting to think about. But they're gathered around for dinner and... Elliot is still on this. He knows that there's something in the backyard because he heard a noise and no one's believing him. And he kind of just gets fed up and brings up his dad's, I guess, mistress, it's implied, and how he, he's mad at his mom for not believing him. And and so she's like, why don't you go stay with your father? And he's like, well, I can't because he's in Mexico as Sally. And there's a tense moment between everyone where the mom starts to cry. And then Michael gets mad at Elliot. And that's where you're introduced to kind of how Elliot is the misfit in this family. He's the outcast. So Elliot runs outside and he's waiting for E.T. He kind of wants everyone to believe him. And E.T. just comes wobbling out of the fog like a barbarian. (laughs) He's like charging at at Elliot and then he stops and then he like starts charging at him again. Oh my god. This is like, if I were Elliot, I would have run so fast in the other direction. What's your interpretation on this scene? Because I'd love to see the not horror aspect of this. (laughs) Well, Elliot's terrified. He's like gasping for air and he can't find the words to scream for Michael or his mom. But then as E.T. approaches and he realizes that he's peaceful, I think it's really heartwarming. And that's where you get the moment where you know it's not scary anymore. So you shouldn't view the rest of the movie as scary. I guess. But then you get that shot of his one weird little finger. His finger becomes so important. His bony little nub. (laughs) It's so important to the plot later on, the healing finger. Uh, I just feel like if E.T. was cute, I could get behind this as being, like, not horrifying. I think that's part of the nature of the movie, though. It's supposed to be that just because someone looks different doesn't mean you should be scared of them. It's a whole statement on how you just shouldn't be quick to assume. Also, that kids usually are more gentle and calmer and rational. 
Me, not as a kid. <laughs> we also have the Reese's Pieces in this moment, which are really important to the plot because E.T., I guess, is attracted to Reese's Pieces, which is iconic. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was I reading? I was reading somewhere that it was supposed to be M&M's and M&M's wouldn't sign off on it because they thought kids were going to be too scared to eat M&M's afterwards. But then Reese's Pieces took it and like their sales like went way up after this film. Rightfully so. I love Reese's Pieces, by the way. <laughs> Just as much as I love this movie, I love Reese's Pieces. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's been years since I've had them. Allergic and all. Oh, I didn't even think about that yeah <laughs> i guess a lot of people are allergic because that's a common allergy it is a common allergy so et is just like giving him some snacks but then elliot decides if my son if my son ever brought an alien that looked like that into my house i would kick him to the curb so fast elliot brings him into the house well his mom doesn't know he sneaks him in later that night I know. and he follows uh, the reese's pieces trail <laughs> like some weird little rabbit animal it's so peaceful and we still use the less is more because it's still in the shadows and then you just see at first just his eyes above the dresser because he's so short and we don't fully see E.T. until the next day. Yeah, I just think this movie would be a whole lot scarier if he didn't breathe like a pug and like <laughs> make grunty little noises. He's an alien. He can't help it. Ugh, okay, whatever. So the next day, Elliot stays home from school by faking sick. And of course, this is just where we're introduced to E.T. Because they're staying in the room together. They have him hidden in the closet. But when everyone's gone, E.T. comes out and Elliot's trying to talk to him. But you also see later that night, I want to mention the first moment where E.T. and Elliot are connected because E.T. gets sleepy and yawns and Elliot yawns and then they both fall asleep together and they form this connection, which will come up later throughout the plot. Yeah, I actually completely forgot that that was a thing. Like on my rewatch, I was like, oh, that's that's why all this is happening. <laughs> Well, Didn't I can't wait till me. the uh, first day for Elliot back at school, but we'll get to that scene. Oh, my God. I actually really did like this scene. I found it a little endearing <laughs> because Elliot's, like, explaining objects to E.T. and he, like, tries to eat his toy car. And there's that whole, like, scene with the dog and he doesn't like the dog. And they also have the scene where Gertie comes in later where she's like screaming and it's similar with the dog because it scares him. And I yeah. love it. Every time he's scared, it's so funny. He does the scream. I hate that scream. Oh, it's so terrifying. I have like nightmares about it. But first we have Michael coming home. And Michael's the first one that comes home. And at this point, Elliot drops the act and he's like, Michael, I'm feeling fine. But he brings Michael up and says that he has to trust him. And at first, Michael's not really taking him seriously. Michael's, of course, the typical older brother that you see throughout so many movies. But once he opens his eyes and sees E.T., it's just shock on his face. And Elliot's so calm at this point. I think it really shows that Elliot and E.T. share this connection that other people can't see because Michael is terrified at first. Yeah, I mean, putting myself in this situation, I'd beat the crap out of my younger brother <laughs> if he brought that thing into my house. And bringing up what you like... said earlier, too, then, about Michael reacting just like Elliot would, I don't think he would have. Yeah, but I feel like the movie would have taken a different turn. I don't know. But they ask him where he's from, and he just kind of, like, points to the sky guy and then you get that scene where he's making these balls fly like planets and kind of like circle around yeah they're the uh, clay balls of like a solar system in elliot's room 
Yeah, and so E.T. like has magical powers. That's the first time we like see his quote unquote powers. I love his powers. You don't even like the finger. I hate the finger. I don't ever want to see that again. <laughs> so Gertie comes home and she walks into Elliot's room and kind of just busts in. And E.T.'s out and about and has a scream because he's scared of Gertie and she's screaming at him. And that brings Elliot's mom upstairs. She's like, what's going on? And Elliot's like, I'm feeling better. And the mom's like, okay, well, you guys just watch Gertie. And we also see Mike holding Gertie's mouth shut in the closet. But Gertie's still screaming because she's terrified <laughs> of E.T. As she should be. But once the mom leaves the room and they let Gertie out and they start to explain what he is, she is very calm with him too. And again, you have the parent being excluded because that's just the kind of movie it is where the parent wouldn't understand. They're not going to tell the mom because the mom's going to call someone to come and take it. Mm -hmm. I think the next day is also one of those scenes that was uh, kind of redeeming for this because I forgot about this scene as well. I don't think I understood it when I was a kid. Um, but E.T., is home alone and he wanders out in a robe and he meets the dog. Uh, I put in my notes like this is this is like Stranger Things when you know when Elle's like home alone that first time and she like wanders out but she's not supposed to be out. Yeah. Same vibe. <laughs> it really is. And you didn't even remember the scene when you texted me during your rewatch about Elliot getting drunk at school. No, this is so funny. So E.T. opens the fridge with his, his little hot dog hands, eats potato salad, he hates it, and then he finds a beer and cracks it open. And so that's when he starts drinking it. He's bumping into things, smacking his head on everything. But like you said, they have that connection. So Elliot is in class, in school, also drunk. And E.T. just keeps downing beer after beer. It's such a funny <laughs> scene. But It is funny. But at Elliot's school... They have dissection day, so they're about to dissect the frogs, but E.T.'s watching TV, and he gets excited, and him and Elliot share these, like, emotional connections, and Elliot feels that he has to save the frogs from this jar where they're being put to sleep, and he dumps all the frogs out, and it's just such a chaotic scene. I love it. I know. I love that random shot of him, like, kissing that girl. <laughs> As E.T.'s watching the movie or seeing that, it's the connection. E.T. is yeah. getting excited because he's watching TV at home and it's this movie scene where it's a dramatic kiss and Elliot all of a sudden grabs the girl that he likes and kisses her. And you're hinting to the connection that's going to be revealed later. Yeah, I mean, these middle scenes here like really had me for a second. I, I really was kind of feeling this movie. I thought they were funny. I thought they were like very endearing. I had the biggest grin on my face when I was seeing this stuff during my rewatch. Every time I watch this movie, I'm smiling cheek to cheek. That's that's a you thing. Can't can't relate. But I, I do like that scene where E.T. starts talking, like when he's watching the TV and then, oh, and then Gertie comes home. And Elliot's mom has to go pick him up from school. So you have E.T. and Gertie alone now. And I think that plays in part to each of them having a connection with E.T. Yeah, definitely. And um, when Elliot comes home, he says Elliot. And so, you know, we're... Getting him talking for the first time, which is, it was kind of cute. And then you get that first iconic line. Here we go. I mean, all these films are iconic. That's why we chose them. But that line, E.T. phone home. Yeah, I love that Gertie's the one that teaches him to talk, though, because I think that towards the beginning of the movie, Mike and Elliot both kind of overlook her and push her to the side. So having her share this connection with E.T. and teaching him to communicate is kind of making her 
equal to her brothers and making them take her seriously. Yeah, good point. I I think it wouldn't have been the same if it was Elliot that was teaching her because then Gertie would have no real connection to him. And you also have that moment where Elliot first sees E.T. and Gertie has him dressed up in like a wig and a hat. (laughs) That's the only E.T. that I like. The little doll E.T.? Yeah, he's so cute. So E.T. communicates that he basically wants to build a machine to communicate home to his people. And Elliot figures this out through their connection. And you have this montage of them just gathering all these different parts. But you also see clips of the government agents searching around the town looking. They're searching in like the fields and the forest. And you hear this tense score, of course. Right. And is this all? this is all happening on Halloween, isn't it? It's going up towards Halloween, yes. Oh, okay. So the first, (laughs) I love the first shot that we get of Halloween because it's Mike and his mom getting into a fight over how he wants to dress up as a hippie. (laughs) You watched the special edition, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Is that not in the original? So originally, he wants to go as a terrorist with his friends. And and you hear her go, you're not going as a terrorist. And he says, but all the guys are. And so for the special edition, they changed it. (laughs) How did that get greenlit? Different time. I guess so. Oh my god. But they have this whole plan. (laughs) That's really bad. They have this whole plan that they're going to dress up E.T. and Gertie as a ghost. And E.T.'s going to go out with them and they're going to go build this this radio thing so he can call home. But you get that really funny sequence of them taking pictures and the mom is just like completely oblivious. But like E.T.'s talking underneath the sheet and it's just... It's a cute little plot device they use. Disguising E.T. as Gertie. It's another connection for them. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> when E.T. keeps pointing to um, El- oh, sorry, Mike's head, because Mike has an axe in his head, he-, he keeps saying, ouch, and like trying to use his like magic power finger to like f- <laughs> fix the wound, the fake wound on Mike's head. And that's the second time we see the finger. We actually see it for the first time when they're gathering parts for this machine that they're going to build. Mm-hmm. When Elliot kind of cuts his finger on the saw, which is an interesting scene because the way that he's holding the saw definitely wouldn't have cut his finger. But he heals Elliot's finger and says, ouch. So you're introduced to his powers with that as well. So he has levitation powers and he has the healing finger. I really like when they're walking. There are parts of this movie that like genuinely made me laugh. And I think the biggest one was when E.T. sees a kid dressed as Yoda and he goes, home, 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 home. And he like turns around and starts following him. They're, they're on a mission. They're like, E.T., come on. In Star Wars, they shared a connection because if you watch one of the Star Wars movies, have you seen Star Wars? Mm, don't ask me that question. <laughs> yes, I have. Kind of. We'll, we'll just pretend I didn't ask that and I'll explain. <laughs> so in Star Wars, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg's are buddies. And in one of them, there's little E.T. figures in like a pod of like a Senate of all different alien species. So... In Steven Spielberg's movie, that's what the nod is to. And so he's saying home because it's from that universe. Interesting. What a weird crossover. But I think it's interesting that you said that this movie is funny because that's what it is. There's so much comedy. I think the aspect between the siblings is funny and E.T. just getting accumulated to the world. That whole school sequence is hilarious. This movie is funny. There's like three scenes in the middle that I think are funny and the rest is horrifying. Like genuinely horrifying. There's only one part that I think is horrifying and it's coming up. 
Okay, we'll get there. So E.T. is wrapped in a sheet in the bike basket, which is like also iconic. Maybe that's just because that's the thing that I remember most from the E.T. ride is because like for those of you who have not been on the ride, it like you're flying. Well, you explain this because you worked there. So the sequence of the ride, it's actually a sequel to the movie, is you're on a set of bikes and you go flying over the city to save E.T.'s planet. But in the movie, it's just E.T. and Elliot. It's the poster is what it is, really. Mm -hmm. But to go build this machine, E.T.'s directing Elliot on this bike and he's riding in the front basket. And eventually he just uses his levitation power to make the bike fly to where he wants to go. And you have the score music playing. It's such a gorgeous scene and uh, so good. It is the scene I, I really do like. I think it's beautiful. And I think they do a really... Really good job at like recreating it at Universal as well. Even like the forest that you walk through in the queue is really cool. And that's where E.T. brings Elliot to build his machine. So they crash land into the forest and they start setting up the machine. And the machine is like an umbrella attached to a speaking spell with a wire that's typing into the speaking spell. And it's a satellite that's casting out a message for E.T. And they end up falling asleep in the forest. But you have a scene that night between Elliot and E.T. And Elliot's kind of saying that E.T. could stay. He doesn't have to go home, that he could take care of him because Elliot doesn't want E.T. to go. I think this is kind of the first friend that Elliot's really had. Oh, it's kind of sad when you put it like that. I told you this movie's sad. I sob. <laughs> I don't know how you cry the whole time, but uh, okay. Back to Elliot's mom, though. She's about to go look for him because he's he's been out all night. Like, he did not come back from home from Halloween. And you have that moment where she's backing out of the driveway, but then she pulls back in. And you have that moment where she's backing out of the driveway because... At this point, it's so late that I think she realizes something's happened. And you cut to the next morning where Elliot realizes he fell asleep and he didn't mean to. And E.T.'s not with him and he's terrified. And you go back to the house and the police are there asking questions about Elliot. And you have the moment where the fridge door closes to reveal him and he looks mm -hmm. very ill. And the mom, of course, is screaming so overjoyed, but Elliot's upset about something. And he has that moment with Mike where he's like, I don't know where he is. You have to go look for him. And then you cut to Mike finding E.T. and E.T.'s not looking too good either. Yeah. So Mike goes to find him, but he's followed by like a government car. And when he finds E.T. finally, he like evades the government. E.T.'s like laying in a river, literally like dead. Like he's gray. He's dead. He he's alive, but he's dead. <laughs> so Mike brings him back to the house. And this is kind of that moment where you realize that there's a connection between Elliot and E.T. because they're both just on the brink of death and they finally have to bring the mom in on it. So they have the reveal where Mike brings her up to the bathroom and you open the door and Elliot's lying across from E.T. and they're both just on the brink of death. Yeah, and the mom is like rightfully terrified of E.T. This is, see, this is where it turns into a horror movie again. Like he is spooky looking. You can't tell me he's not. This next scene is where I do think it gets a little bit scary when the government agents come because obviously the mom freaks out and she grabs Elliot and is running downstairs. But the government agents emerge from like the windows and doors and they're wearing like mm -hmm. astronaut suits, which I guess are hazmat suits or something, but they look terrifying. Yeah. They uh, Yeah, they are. And like this whole scene is like really intense. Like this is what makes me question like. Is this a children's movie? Because even going back to just the way E.T. looks like he is very gross looking <laughs> at this part. It's just so sad, though, because he's dying. 
I know, but they didn't have to make him like gray and like spooky. One of my friends had a theory that the alien species, whatever his species is, has like a defense mode where once they realize you've been left, it like shuts you down. When they're on their way back, it repairs you and you come back to life because of the sequence that happens next where he kind of does die but then comes back to life. That's what one of my friends' theories was. Interesting. That's a good theory. A defense mode. Yeah. Because, like, this whole sequence, I guess logically doesn't really make sense, but he's, like, an alien, so it doesn't really need to because their biology works differently. I think it poses the question of why did they all of a sudden get sick? Because I guess Elliot got sick from being out all night in the woods and stuff. But other than that, apart from that connection, I don't think they would be that close to death, do you? No, I feel like it definitely has something to do with E.T. being out of his environment and, like, away from his family. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of just like he's missing home, and that's what I interpret it as, is he's missing home and he's homesick, and that's kind of, like, breaking him. But I like the theory. bad case of homesick. Yeah, that is a good theory. I do like it. So at this point, a bunch of the government people have, like, closed in on the house. They, like, tented the whole house. And this is the first time you're seeing other adult faces other than the mom. And you see the guy from, like, the first scene with the keys on his on his hip coming into the house. And, like, this is the big shot man. And he tells Elliot that he had some kind of childlike wonder about aliens and had this lifelong dream of finding one. And he tries to share this connection with Elliot saying that, oh, he came to me too and it's fine that they're doing this. But Elliot's freaking out because they're doing all these different experiments. They're trying to help Elliot get back to health, but literally just tearing apart E.T. Yeah, and it's they, they had also found the machine at this point, the like phone home radio type device and as et's dying they like desynchronize which is also interesting like as et's dying their connection kind of breaks i think that could play in part to them being different like et is an alien and so he separates Mm -hmm. from a human at that point almost like he was siphoning energy from elliot and then he kind of was drained because elliot was sick or something like that i don't know Interesting. Yeah, there's a whole lot of like loose ends that are maybe not all the way tied up <laughs> in this this plot here. I don't know. Maybe he severed the tie because he knew that he was killing Elliot and then he wanted to save oh. him. But then they put them in Oh my god, here we go back to the horror movie. They put him in this like scary chamber thing. Well, they have to transport his body. Yeah, but it's like ugh, so spooky. I think it also plays in part to the adults are the villains in the movie, though, because everything they're doing is terrifying. And when E.T. dies, you're hearing all the beeping and you're hearing them screaming. And even though it's like medical talk, it's terrifying, especially as a kid. And Elliot's freaking out and screaming to get off him and leave him alone. So I think instinctively as a child, yeah, that entire atmosphere would be scary. And maybe that's why there's a little bit of a scary atmosphere feel. One of the things I was reading about this film was that when they were looking for extras, Spielberg really wanted actual medical professionals to be extras in this scene because he didn't think like medical terminology coming out of just a regular extra's mouth would sound natural. So all of these actors are like actual doctors. Oh my God, that's awesome. Isn't that cool? And it feels like a very real situation. Like it does actually do that job. Because you know when you're watching like Grey's Anatomy at some points and then they like say something and you're like, mm-hmm, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't feel real. I definitely think that it has a real feel. I think the acting in this movie is great actually. And in the next scene yeah. when 
the keys guy gives Elliot a moment alone with E.T. to say goodbye before they take him off for experimentation. But Elliot has this moment where he's saying, I love you, E.T., and that he changed his life. And Henry Thomas is just a phenomenal child actor. He really is. Like, this scene was very heartfelt. I don't think this movie is scary at the end of the day. Did you cry in this scene or no? No. (laughs) I still, like, if he didn't look so scary, then maybe. But, like, no. Oh, my God. I didn't want to look at him. I wasn't, like, sobbing. It was, like, tearing up, tear, tear. Okay, we're good. That's kind of, like, what I do throughout the movie, except for the end. The ending will make me cry. I did not feel emotion throughout this entire film, other than fear. So after Elliot says, E.T., I love you, E.T.'s heart, like, glows red from the inside of the scary chamber thing. And as Elliot's being let out, you see the plant come back to life. Because we had established prior to this a a connection between E.T. and the plant as well. Right, because E.T. brought the plant back to life with his, like, magic finger touch. His magic finger basically just heals anything, which is also part of the plot of the ride. Yeah, I I hate his stupid finger. (laughs) At this moment, Elliot realizes that E.T.'s still alive, and he shares that with Michael. He's like, he's alive, and they jump, and you have Michael bump his head. But that takes us to them trying to free E.T., and I love this scene because it leads to the bikes and the chase, and mm-hmm. uh, I love it all. It really is a beautiful shot when, like, because Michael gets all of his friends on their bikes, and you get that. This is like your one scene of a kids on bikes movie. Uh, they're all like flying over the hill. And it's it's very iconic, that shot of them flying. And E.T. still has his powers to make them fly. I love, though, the chase scene before that. In mm-hmm. order to get E.T., Michael disguises as one of the medical guys loading up the van with E.T.'s body. And Elliot sneaks in and ends up carjacking it with Michael. But they're zooming out and Michael slams to that halt with his friends and says, grab the bikes and meet us at the playground. And you also have Gertie accidentally spill the beans to the mom that the boys are going to the playground. And the mom Mm -hmm. has that moment of realization where, oh, no, I know what they're going to do. And you see the van chase off and the government agents trying to chase the van. You have the iconic suspenseful score. They get to the playground and Michael's friends finally see E.T. and he's risen. It's almost like a resurrection (laughs) shot. It's literally like a resurrection shot. There's fog coming from the van because they opened the cryo chamber. And he's just like in a robe emerge. It's literally a resurrection. Oh my God. Leave it to you to compare E.T. to Jesus. (laughs) Only me. But Michael's friends are kind of in shock and I love their reactions because obviously they realized from that opening scene that Elliot was telling the truth all along. And Elliot says he's the man from outer space and we're taking him to his spaceship. So they get on the bikes, E.T.'s in the basket again, and again the iconic score brings up and they're chasing away. But the government agents cut them off and they point a gun right at them as they're coming towards them. So in this moment, E.T. looks like shocked. You get a close up of his eyes and Elliot looks terrified because they're pointing a giant shotgun. And then you get the kids on bikes floating in the air shot. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful shot. And E.T.'s taking him to where the spaceship's coming to pick him up. So they crash into the forest and ride off to where the spaceship's about to land. And this is the emotional goodbye scene that... uh, It's so sad because Gertie and the mom come running up and Gertie's like, wait, wait. And she is crying and she's saying that she just wanted to say goodbye. And I can't believe you don't get teary eyed at the scene. 
I'm just like, let him go home. But it's sad. Like they want they want him to stay and he wants to go home. But he looks so scary. <laughs> if he wasn't so scary, like I I would probably be emotional, but he was just so scary. So after Gertie says her goodbyes, Michael says his goodbye and you have each kid's connection and it's so sad. And then you have Elliot, of course, where E.T. says come and Elliot says stay. And it's so sad. I know. You get that really, again, iconic line that I'll be right here as E.T. like points to Elliot's chest. And, and the like, score p- plays and builds close. right up. It's so well-timed. I love the score for this movie. So this ending scene, actually, I think John Williams like, it like wasn't clicking it like wasn't connecting the score wasn't like working so Spielberg had him like just conduct as like he was watching the scene and actually re-edited this whole ending sequence to fit the score because it just that's the way that it had to work which is like super like that never happens wow I think the score for this movie is so well timed with the film itself. It knows exactly when it needs to play up to the heartstrings. And this ending scene is prime example because after the goodbye sequence, you have E.T. going onto his spaceship and then you have the cuts of the kids' faces watching him fly away. And it's just so well timed and it's built up and you feel so happy and emotional and it cuts to the credits. And that is E.T. All right. So one to ten, what do you give this movie? I give this movie a 9.5. This is one of my all-time favorite movies. I adore it with all my heart. I loved it as a child. I think it is a movie that no matter how many times you rewatch, it will never get old. And I've never understood the whole scared of E.T. thing. I don't support it. I think this movie (laughs) is perfect for people of every age. It's a phenomenal movie. I have nothing bad to say about this movie. Wow. Okay. What about you? I'm going to give it a six. That's pathetic. <laughs> Sean. <laughs> I just like, I I really wish I loved this movie. I do. But it like, it terrified me as a kid. It terrifies me now. Like I had to take breaks during this movie because I was like spooked. You live scary movies. How does this movie spook I, you? No, I have no idea. I have like a thing with aliens. Like I don't vibe with aliens. Like I can't do it. Like any aliens at all? Any aliens. Okay, well, maybe when you say that, maybe when you say that, I can give you a little bit of slack. But I love this movie. It's just such a good movie. And I I wish I did. In terms of a summer blockbuster, this movie really is just perfect. You have aspects of what we've talked about. It's a movie that's for everyone. It will appeal and entertain children and adults. And I think giving kids a character that they can resonate with, Mm -hmm. it makes kids want to be those characters and it makes them resonate longer with those characters. So I think you play into almost like a marketing ploy with summer blockbusters. So going with what you're saying, though, E.T. actually, from what I read and tried to fact check, but apparently it's very hard to fact check, E.T. has the longest movie theater run of all time. It was in theaters for over a year. I think... Isn't that wild? I think it's Rocky Horror Picture Show... Because it's still running today, if I'm not mistaken. It's interesting that you say that because I think a lot of movies later in the 80s, I know did re-releases and it was primarily summer blockbusters actually when you think about it. But Mm -hmm. it resonates with people. And I think that 
so many people wanted to see E.T. Again, it appeals to people of every age. Or maybe it terrified certain people and then people were like, well, I want to see what's so terrifying about this. But I think there is something for everyone in this movie. I think when you look at The Dark Knight, a lot of people maybe only thought it was a superhero movie. And when you look at Jurassic Park, a lot of people maybe go, oh, I don't really like dinosaurs. I don't know. I feel like this movie, though, Jaws would be too scary for some people. I know a lot of people would say Spider-Man's a superhero movie. Like, there's these stereotypes, I think, that movies have. But E.T. is just a family movie. I wouldn't classify it as a sci-fi movie as much as a family movie. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think this would be my second most out of all of the summer blockbusters that we chose on our list that we're covering this would be the second one i'd say would appeal to the most people i agree i think this one probably has the strongest amount of watches i think a lot of people have seen et yeah i think it's definitely well watched and has been throughout the years i mean the box office performance was phenomenal it just stands the test of time and you look at the imax re-release which is for this week only at the time of this episode dropping so if you're interested in seeing it for the 40th anniversary they actually did an imax re-release of et which is the first time it's been released in imax and i'm really excited i'm seeing it tomorrow i think it's gonna look gorgeous I think it will too. I probably won't see it because I'm terrified of this movie. (laughs) I hope you enjoy it. And I hope if you love this movie as much as Sean does, you're able to experience it in IMAX. It will be beautiful. Well, I absolutely will enjoy it. But with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up and say, if you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and give us a follow at BTST Podcast on Twitter or Instagram. And if you want to tell us what you thought about E.T. or if you have any movie suggestions for us that you want to hear us cover, go ahead and shoot us an email at btstpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe if you enjoyed today's episode and make sure to join us next time where we're going to be talking about... Drumroll, please. The Avengers. The first Marvel movie on this podcast. I think there is going to be a lot of different kinds of discussions coming up. And I'm excited to talk about it with you. Yeah, we've been talking about Marvel a lot for never having covered a Marvel film. So this is going to be the first and I'm super excited for it. But until then, I'm Sean. And I'm Kat. And this has been another episode of Been There, Seen That. Thanks for listening.